just say it. Okay. Do you want to know what the 10 most expensive Air Jordans are of all time? Yeah. Um, number 10. They're going to be collab, surely. Not all of them. So number 10, $44,000 was an M&M Retro Encore with Marshall Mathers signed card. Rapper Eminem that's joined the, forces with Nike to create a special blue, red, and black version of Air Jordan. That's the in most honor expensive. of his album. Tenth. Tell us tenth. All right, so one's a collab already. One's a collab already. Um, we'll not do all of them, but number seven, Air Jordan Twelve Flu Game, one hundred and four thousand. So you know when he got poisoned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Game five <laughs> yeah, yeah. of the nineteen ninety seven NBA Finals. He uh, so so his sneakers from that game cost one hundred and four thousand dollars. What, the actual shoes you wore? Yeah. Damn. Um, so in 2013, this pair of sneakers broke the previous record for the Jordan game-worn sneakers, which was $31,000. So wow. at number seven, you've got $104,000 for a pair of shoes <laughs> at number seven. Um, the Space Jam sample, number five, $176,000. I'm surprised that they're more expensive than the flu game. Uh, maybe yeah, I, the flu game obviously was probably. I mean, I think it's one of those games where that makes him, you know, p- playing that unwell, food poisoned, yeah. and dropping thirty eight points. Like that's something that only only special people can kind of pull yeah. off, you know, in sport and things like that. And people would rather have the uh, the space jump. The space right? jump <laughs> shoe. Yeah, that's true. Um, and actually, so number one, I skipped a few, but the 1984 Nike Airships um, from his rookie season, worn du- during his fifth game with the Chicago Bulls, $1.47 million in October 2021. Wow. So the shoe is has made so much money. I don't. I don't know if he. I don't know if he'd get the the, not the if money if it gets auctioned. No, nah, surely not. If it resold, he's not getting com- um, a percentage. I mean, that, that shoe has made so much money, and I don't know. Is that is that is that where we go? We're making shoe. We're making films on the best selling shoe of all time, the best selling bag of all time. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a strange subject for a. For a drama, this movie, uh, would you? It was. I, I think there's there's something in, and and I, I maybe alluded to this, you know, in a previous podcast. There's some. I do think there's something in creating drama out of like quite normal everyday situations. I I, I do I find I do find that quite interesting, um, like cinema as it's known. You know, there's a lot of high octane action you know real intense comedy comedy romantic what comedy. do you mean by everyday well situations? like you know like this is just a group of guys in an office coming up with an idea that just happened to be you know it, it just happened to create you know they created the greatest show of all time but it's like it's just a very it's it's a, it's a very normal thing that happened and they've created I wouldn't describe like, that as every day at all well okay but like at the time of the actual event occurring in real life because this you know obviously um this is about you know real life situation it, that was an everyday situation for them 
uh, where does that logic stop? <laughs> well, um, well, like so, so film in general that you know that it's you know creative stories, but this is more. This happened. This happened. It was yeah, just so an everyday so thing that happened. This, this is a historical drama. I wouldn't yeah. describe it as an ever, no historical drama like reflects something that happens every day. Otherwise, it wouldn't be standout and it wouldn't be worth watching. It's a. But would you? But would you say this is? Stand out, you know, stand out enough to create a film. I wouldn't, uh, right? So that's a different question. I, I probably would say no. I don't really see the appeal of this movie. Like I, I kind of enjoyed the viewing experience, but I don't really see the appeal. I don't understand the decision behind making this. Um, it's somewhere. It lies somewhere between a sort of historical drama and a biopic. Typically, a biopic. Um, focuses on one character or one person from history um, I guess you could make the argument that this movie focuses on Sonny Vaccaro the character played by Matt Damon um, a historical drama doesn't, it's the same thing it reflects an important moment from history and dramatises it uh, but doesn't necessarily focus on that single character so this is somewhere, it lies somewhere between those two those two things um there is definitely something in making drama and engaging an audience through mundane events and telling stories that are lacking in sort of exciting or like really notable moments, perhaps telling them from different perspectives. Uh, but And there's plenty of examples of that being done, but I don't think either a historical drama or a biopic is one of those things. It does that at all, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, usually they're kind of like looking at something that is an important world-changing event or person. I guess Air is an example of that. Air is something that is a movie about a, well, the best-selling shoe of all time and how its conception came to be. Um, why make a movie about that? Like, I've seen Matt Damon and... Ben Affleck? Ben Affleck. Always forget Ben Affleck's name. I can't. Um, I've seen them in a lot more interesting movies. Yeah, and, and I've seen maybe, them more interesting may, maybe it's you know a, it's something that's kind of built into the the kind of Michael Jordan franchise kind of thing. You know, if, if someone's making something about Michael Jordan or something in relation to Michael Jordan, people are going to go out and see it. It's you know it's relevant to the NBA it's re- relevant to him it's relevant to, to Nike so well that's absolutely almost, why I went to see it yeah well you know that's what that's what appealed to me I'm a basketball fan I follow the NBA I you know love Jordan's position in, in basketball history but then they took um, him out they, you know Jordan do, always, do you think they the film has used that or, or the creators of the film have used that to kind of almost con- con people into going to watch, no, not watch necessarily. that film because he wasn't in it at all really well that was my was what I was going to say like they chose to omit Michael Jordan from the film completely essentially about Michael Jordan well, it's, but it's well, not, not about, about Michael Jordan it's about the shoe it's about the shoe yeah like, it's about the shoe um, business and a, a revolution in sports marketing like I love a basketball shoe, I love basketball, I love Michael Jordan's legacy, but why would I want to watch a movie about a revolution in sports marketing? Yeah. You know? It's it's Moneyball. 
you know what I mean? Like the closest movie I could compare this to is Moneyball, which is I haven't seen in years. So like, bear with me. But it's <laughs> something up to do with Matt Damon's in that as well, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, uh, Joan Hill and um. Yeah. So so it's it's, um, it's the way statistics was used to kind of fuel it's imp- high level yeah. baseball performance and and. Is it baseball? I thought it was American football. No, it's baseball. Right. <laughs> well, that says a lot about my uh, memory of that movie. But, um, yeah, it's got, I mean, I remember really, enjo- mm, did I enjoy Moneyball? Probably, I can't, because I can't remember that movie well enough to, to comment, but I don't know. I really like, generally really like biopics and historical dramas. I think they're really cool. And this was one that I was excited to see because, as I say, I'm interested in like the subject area, but. I, I, I was bored by, what, about, and what, by the what were you point. expecting what were you expecting from this film did, did you go in with certain things you were hoping to see yeah I don't know I don't know I don't know I, I was excited from the about trailer, the film. from the trailers I, I kind of thought this is a, I knew that that exactly was going to play out like that in a way um I mean, I didn't, you know, the comparison between, I can't bring myself to say Nike, the comparison between <laughs> Nike, yeah. Adidas the, and uh, Converse, Converse um, I, I guess I wasn't expecting to see the actual battle between those three, but it, you didn't even see the battle, did you? It was all kind of from, from the Nike side. Yeah. And maybe it would have been more interesting if there was more A little bit to more. and fro and from, from Adidas and Converse um, to kind of really display how much of a you know, bad situation Nike was in before yeah. this kind of revolution for them, really. So I don't, I don't make a habit of watching trailers. Um, I try really hard to avoid them. If I know I want to watch the movie, oh. I'll watch it. You know, why I, is that? Because I always watch trailers. <laughs> so at the very least, if I watch a trailer, the minute I decide to um, watch the movie that I'm going to watch the you film, I stop. I stop watching the trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's interesting. Uh, that's. <laughs> that's actually something a friend of mine did and talked to me about and I was like that's a good idea because at the time I didn't watch trailers at all I think there's a real art to making trailers I actually love movie trailers and it's a really cool medium yeah. in itself um, but so often a trailer will just completely change sometimes ruin my uh, my experience of the film later on it's, I, I generally if I trace back like my favourite films from you know the past sort of 10-20 years most of them I had I didn't know anything about before seeing them, and I think that says a lot. You know, that probably influenced my enjoyment of the movie a lot. Like, I'm probably a yeah, because uh, trailers are, are meant to drive you to the the cinema in a sense, and, and they'll they'll pack in the the punches and yeah. they'll pack in as much exciting stuff as they can to get you to get yeah in the seat to pay to watch the film. Um, and I actually and, really and appreciate often. that art in yeah. in making a short like well you know making a trailer making a short film that entices an audience to come and see yeah. but without giving anything away or telling you too much about it but the, but the thing is quite often and you see that a lot especially with like let's say the Fast and Furious franchise mm. you watch the trailer and you've basically seen the film because what else can well with something like the Fast and Furious franchise you could just say we're releasing another movie and it's like <laughs> yeah, yeah alright <laughs> I know exactly what to expect you know and that's, and that's the case for the majority of franchises um, again there are things that already have their hooks in the audience my problem with Air I think was that fundamentally not enough ha- not enough happens 
Mm-hmm. Like if you know, if I hadn't seen a trailer for it, but if I had watched a trailer for it, I imagine it's just the whole movie. Like, yeah, you, know, you get you get a cool performance from Jason Bateman, big fan. Um, and then other than that, it's Matt Damon and Ben Affleck playing their respective roles to win um, Michael Jordan's sponsorship deal for Nike. Yeah, and that is the entire film, and you know what's going to happen at the end by the very nature of the fact that it's historical drama. Um, but they failed to kind of make it exciting, I guess. And I think that's because it just wasn't quite enough there. So, um, I was reviewing the IMDb comments and to the contrary of what, what you said, the, the caption for this comment is a risky movie that absolutely delivers. And mm. this person gave it an eight out of 10. Air is a great way to spend two hours. <laughs> Whether you care about basketball, shoes, Michael Jordan, or only care about the star-studded cast, there is something for everybody to like about this movie. What could have been a boring, expensive slog of ultra-predictable storytelling was skillfully crafted into fun, engaging story fit for any audience. 99% of people who, will, who see this will already know how it ends, so it says a lot about the filmmaking and acting in this film that exceeds expectations. I would recommend this movie to anyone who likes drama, sports, business, or entrepreneurship. The only con is that you know how it ends. Other than that, good fun. See, unfortunately, I think this was a an ultra-predictable, boring, boring expensive, expensive slog. slog. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think it was. I've, a biopic or a historical drama can be done well. Like, you know, the fact that the audience might know the end or even might be expected to know the end doesn't always take away from the drama or the impact of the story. And I can think of loads of examples of biopics and historical dramas that that, that do it well. Um, Spotlight comes to mind straight away. The story of the Boston paper that uncover the conspiracy, I guess, within the Catholic Church. Um, in America and it's a kind of I mean you think if you describe describe that movie like what actually happens on screen to somebody who hasn't seen it it's people sitting in an office of yeah sort of a journalism office an office of a newspaper occasionally an interview room I mean it's dry as anything but it's but it's it's completely void of action but it manages to be really exciting really engaging really horrifying Dark Waters with Mark Ruffalo is another brilliant example Mm. it's about a a lawyer who uncovers a a chemical waste conspiracy essentially and that achieves moments of genuine horror like in terms like in terms of the genre it it, it achieves moments of like 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 I'm watching a horror movie it slips into that genre completely despite again being basically a movie about a guy just going through files yeah, no, that's true. Something else I want to explore about this film. Um, I'm reading another comment. This person rated it a 5 out of 10. Mm. And uh, it kind of... It, it, this, it, you know, it made me think a little bit more about the film that I've just watched because I, I personally enjoyed it. But then this comment has kind of alluded to something that's maybe a bit... Some darker undertones. So the, the headline is dull subject matter, but well made. I'll read the whole comment. Hollywood stopped making movies, and yes, there are fewer and fewer examples of actual cinema being made, and even fewer that find success at the box office. So I think this is, you know, one of those examples of that. I thought this might be a breath of fresh air, considering the star-studded cast, 
and the wealth of talent available to the director of Like Affleck. But bafflingly, they chose this obscure story and likely they all signed on like sheep when the project they heard the project had a confirmed budget. Still, I find it difficult to call this cinema, and, and this is the bit that kind of made me think. Frankly, I found the film too bland and boring, a giant ad for mega corporation, and one that only shows the protagonist in a relatively positive light. So this is a huge corporation that have, you know, and, and actually um, in the film, Jason Bateman, actually had a line about how they make the shoes in Taiwan yeah, and South Korea. Yeah, yeah. And and that was almost a little, I don't know if that was a little nudge to, yeah, there's a lot of dark sides around these big corporations and, and businesses. And the film really pos- painted the CEO and, the, you know, the creative team and, and, and the people that worked in that in a real positive and, and great light. Like they were really all good people. And, and I just, I can't believe that that's, actually true it's kind of a movie for sneakerheads isn't it yeah you know like it's like glorifying uh, a big moment in the history of Nike as a company and and the shoe obviously Um, and it's strange that it's come out now I guess because it's glorifying that moment and therefore glorifying the company yeah and Nike now having achieved such a insane level of success partly or even mostly off the back of Michael Jordan um, they're not the same sort of underdog <laughs> company anymore and they're not guilt free for sure um, so it's a strange time I mean yeah it's a strange time it's it's a movie that's going to boost the sale of Jordans now yeah absolutely and and when I was and now I think about it I, I watched the Uber series and the the working conditions people were put under the high stress the high pressure you know that really kind of lights what it's actually like to work for these types of companies and there have been quite a lot of examples of that um you know in the last amazon amazon there was the we work one and I, i just think this film has really kind of fluffed over that a lot and and maybe the drama might have come from that a little bit you know, there well, might be more the drama time, I mean, from it if... The story is that Nike is the underdog. Um, and so, I mean, maybe at the time, maybe in the 90s, I don't know. I, I, and to be clear, I'm not accusing them of anything now. Like, I don't have the information. But, like, I guess at the time, maybe they weren't as guilty. I mean, they certainly weren't as successful. So they're probably not mass-producing quite to the same level that they are now. But I, I guess my confusion is, why choose to tell the story at all? And why choose to tell it now? Mm. Like, Michael Jordan seems to be in the media a lot at the moment. I mean, it's not... Look, the Last Dance was, what, two years ago? Yeah. There was another... He did another kind of documentary or something. There's been another thing about Michael Jordan recently and now this, which I know isn't a story about him, but obviously he's an integral part to mm. the success of the shoe. Um, how involved was Michael Jordan in the creation of this film? Not at all. Not at all? He strikes me as a figure that's like pulling the strings all the time. You know? He strikes me as someone that wouldn't allow a movie like this to be created unless he's benefiting from it. Again, not to slander Michael Jordan <laughs> before I get, you know. Well, but, but you know, you did kind of refer to the fact that, you know, this is almost an advert for people to buy Air Jordans. Yeah. And he has a percentage stake in... 
and the sale. The shoe, so, yeah. so at the end of the day, he will benefit from it in, in some I mean, way. The dude's earning forty million a year off off shoe sales. Four hundred. Four. He gets four hundred million a year. And I just passively read off his, uh, the shoe sales alone. Yeah. Well, I just read his I mean, his, uh, <laughs> his net worth is is one point seven billion. Yeah. Um, so well, and I'm not. I'm not. That don't mean to take away from his achievements. But wh- I don't. I mean, he benefits from this movie even if he doesn't benefit in an immediate yeah. sense. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Because this will cause an increase in sales of Jordans, and he still gets, I guess, a commission. The one thing that I did really like about this film, mm. and I don't know if it was on purpose, mm. um, was how elusive the Michael Jordan character was. So they left him out, didn't they? They left him out completely, and and for me, the way what that portrayed was. The, the struggle that Nike had to sign him on because mm-hmm. he has admitted him. So I've heard him admit in interviews that he hated Nike before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the struggle that they had to kind of sign him on, I think, was reflected in the film. The fact that he wasn't in the film, his back was always turned. Yeah, he's always like out. They of couldn't directly there. speak to him. I I thought if that was done on purpose, I thought that was a re- a really really nice touch. Um, and I kind of really enjoyed it, but it could actually be more to do with the fact that he had no input in, in the film, so they couldn't actually get his kind of side of the story, in a sense. Yeah, yeah. It, Viola Davis. Mm-hmm. What were your thoughts on her in this movie? Um, I thought she was good. I want to be complimentary about her role, but she didn't have much of one. And and th- you know I, I want to justify that, but I can't. And I, it makes me realise that none of the characters really had much of a role. Other no. than Matt Damon as Sonny Vaccaro, like pretty much everyone else is kind of a tertiary, almost um, almost like cameo role. Like no one's. I don't know. I guess the story just doesn't hit for me. Like they're, they're not not enough happens. The stakes aren't high enough. Mm. You know, like I get that the ramifications of. Uh, the Michael Jordan Nike shoe deal are huge, but I, I don't really think we got to see them. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's so to call it a biopic or whatever, it follows a similar structure to The Big Short. Have you seen that? No. Absolutely brilliant movie. Can't recommend it enough. Go watch The Big Short. Like, and that's about the economic crash of two thousand eight, mm-hmm. um, and it's told in such a creative, informative, fun, engaging way. Like, it's, it's a great movie. Um, and a lot of the sort of story I guess is about Christian Bale's character predicting the crash everyone looks to him and says you're crazy he shorts the housing market everyone's like this is the craziest like what are you doing you're wrong and of course he's right and you get to see the ramifications of him being right you get to see what happens what like the the housing market crashing actually causes from multiple different perspectives yeah. like of you know the little guy as well as these huge corporations and Wall Street, um, and that's kind of what made it exciting for me. You don't you know the ramifications, the impact, the stakes are huge mm. when when it's a, a movie about the global economy. Mm-hmm. When it's a movie about an underdog shoe company destroying their competitors and becoming the conglomerate we know them as today, I mean that's not. <laughs> It's not quite yeah. uh, and, and actually that the, the point you um, uh, just made there kind of really blends really nicely with the final one of the final user reviews that I uh, had a look at 
and I'm only going to read out this this small point because it might be something mm. uh, that you find interesting. So they say, finally, I personally hate where are they now text screens at the end of movies, which is a subjective opinion from that person. Uh. So instead of the ramifications of what this the global sales of Air Jordan did, we got a how much it sells, how much everyone makes, mm. and. Um, each character in the film that played a big role, what what are they doing now? And as a result of the Air Jordan success. So I actually really like, I'm just being difficult today, on but I actually really like um, Where Are They Now text screens, to use that description, like whatever they are, but you know, usually white text, black screen. Um, this is what happens afterwards, you know, this character, this person went on to become or whatever, you know, and, and I actually kind of think they can be really powerful sometimes at the end of a particularly dramatic biopic or historical drama or whatever um, the big short again does that really well um talks about the recreation of the wheat bonds that the housing um market was built upon um and it's horrifying you know yeah i could say like it's quite an impactful moment at the end of a um a movie sometimes this one it did not again did not hit did not feel huge it was like yeah, ben so Affleck you, said that thing about oh, what's the most we've ever made off a shoe? Three hundred million. And three million. Three, three million. Three million. So to be fair, <laughs> <laughs> so um, you know, three million is the most they'd ever made and from a, did, like, from a sports shoe. In the first, they year. did one hundred sixty-two million in the first year. So, Jesus. so I mean, there the, the was impact in that. I, I, it ha- They do, they do that thing a lot, don't they? The where are they now in in documentaries and, and things like that, mm. um, and. I guess it's just depend. It's it's almost situational. If it's this film, maybe wasn't that impactful. This film just kind of it. It actually just showed you. Oh, look how much money they've made off this. Yeah. Um, it wasn't like you know there wasn't any really good stories that came out from it. I like the thing about the CEO donates two billion eight, to charity. To charity has donated so. two billion to charity again, trying to make these guys look better than they are. Yeah. I mean, I like the the thing about um, the deal meaning that a lot more money goes to athletes now as yeah. opposed to the corporations that they're representing um, and that's huge but that really wasn't stressed that much no it was well it was literally a, a oh fuck it we'll do it why yeah, not yeah 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 and uh, if if it happens it happens if it works it works if it makes us millions it makes us millions yeah 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 and, and, and but maybe that's all it was at the time maybe that's maybe it wasn't a big deal to the corporation so, and, and that's exactly what they were intending to portray so that leads me onto a question I have for you um, what do you think the let's call this movie a biopic for the sake of argument I know technically it isn't but it's a biopic what do you think the the role or responsibility of the biopic is so well I think they take you if you're interested in a particular subject a biopic lets you in on the other side you know that information that you would never have known otherwise about let's say take michael jordan for example you know your favorite sports star or yeah. you know something you really look look towards in history i think of the darkest hour um about you know the decisions winston churchill made um mm-hmm. during a very specific period in, in world war ii um you know i, I think it it, it just gives you a little bit more context to that and yeah so would you say it's more to do with informing the audience than entertaining the audience 
Potentially, but then I don't think you should even consider making a film if entertaining isn't isn't, isn't yeah. the main objective. That's the thing, isn't it? Like a historical drama will take a, a point in history and dramatize it so that it is enjoyable to the audience. It's that simple. But then I think a lot of them, or I think they do, also have a responsibility to be truthful or at least non-biased. Mm. And this, I would say, definitely was biased at least. Well, it didn't. There just isn't enough subject matter there. Yeah. Like it's, it's a it's a shoe deal. <laughs> like, yeah. there's not enough to be biased or non-biased about really do you think a swing and a miss this is maybe yeah that is actually prob- you know yeah I would describe because again because of the subject matter like it's gonna draw people in but it's a really hard thing to make entertaining I think one of the IMDB comments uh, said something along those lines like it was a risk it could have been boring and I think it was boring yeah um, it was a hard thing to make entertaining and it didn't really succeed mm. Uh, out of ten? Four. Oh god. <laughs> I'm being really harsh. I've been really harsh these, these past couple of weeks. Like But yeah, I stand by it for. Yeah. And isn't you know, I think the reason being you found it boring. I found it boring. I think it's that simple. Uh-huh. I found it boring. Um and there, but there I think wasn't enough story. And the, yeah. But the I think what's really damning about this movie for me, so I gave John Wick last week a five, right? And it's like not my kind of movie at all. But mm-hmm. what it did, it did well. What it told me it was gonna do, it smashed. This I was really excited about. I'm really interested in the subject. Exact opposite of John Wick. I'm really excited about the movie. I'm interested in what the movie's about. And then it falls flat. That disappointment hits way harder than do you know, what, you know what I mean? It yeah. Actually, kind of being slightly pleasantly surprised by a movie that I always knew was going to be <laughs> terrible. <laughs> so, so like, you know, I think the just the the letdown uh, has an impact. That's yeah. Right. Um. Oh my god, I can't believe I'm going to do this. Uh, I'm I'm still probably going to give it a seven. Seven. Uh, I I, I kind of want to give it an eight, but why so high? I just so. I just really enjoyed the acting. I, I just, really? I, I, I just really enjoyed like Ben Affleck in it. I enjoyed Jason Bateman. I enjoyed Jason Bateman and and Matt Damon's relationship on screen. I just, I was having fun, and I would watch it again. And I probably, you know, I would, I wouldn't be like, I wouldn't go out my way to recommend someone. But if someone liked basketball, I'd be like, go and watch that. If someone, yeah. you know, was... It had no big characters. Jason Bateman, um, Matt, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, none of them were big on screen. Yeah. I love Jason Bateman. Yeah. I really like him. Yeah. Not a huge Matt Damon fan, I'm sorry. But, but like, <laughs> or, or Ben Affleck, although he's got some great movies. But like, yeah, the, n- none of them played a massive role. Not, again, Viola Davis, like, yeah. she just wasn't that big on screen. Like, not there was a couple of scenes... A lot of them were very similar characters. They didn't stand out from each other. Perhaps, mm-hmm. again, as you say, this movie was leaning more towards informing the audience and being true to what actually happened. And maybe they all were, you know, they, they were playing the characters accurately. Mm. But it didn't make an exciting movie. Mm. And I think, personally, to answer my own question, a historical drama or a biopic, if it's about an individual, has equal responsibility to be entertaining as it does informing. 